This podcast is sponsored by Phones for You. Phones for You is one of the UK's largest mobile phone retailers. Visit phonesforyou.co.uk for all the latest mobile phones, tablets, and mobile accessories. Welcome to the 361 Degrees Podcast, Season 6, Episode 8. My name is Ben Smith from Wireless Worker. I'm Ewan from the All About Sites. And I'm Rafe from Mobile Industry Review. Oh, too much did you Christmas see what we did wine. There. there we go. Come on. Happy Christmas, guys. Happy Christmas. Did you have a lovely Christmas? I did. It was brilliant. And what did you get? Oh, I got some really nice socks and some fruit gums. Okay, well, you must have been a very bad boy this year. <laughs> I'm just picking on you. You're McLeod? Yes, uh, well, I, I did reveal earlier that the, uh, the wife very kindly bought me an iPad that I bought. The car yeah. I went and bought it, and she's wrapped it up. The current Mrs. McLeod. Yes. Okay. The, the, the only Mrs. McLeod. Oh, the current Mrs. McLeod. <laughs> what about you, Ben? Were, yeah, did yes. Santa bring you any coal? Mm. <laughs> no, well, actually, um, we well, we were very grown up. We decided to buy things for the house. So oh, I think, no. I think I've, I think I've said recently I, we, we bought a new Cheers. house. Well, no, no. Oh, no, tech. So, so right. uh, we, we, we bought a new house last year yes. and we're busy filling it up. And, right. and uh, Mrs. Smith is, is begrudgingly allowing me to introduce some tech. So we've got... We've got all the uh, we've got all the sort of the Wi-Fi gizmos and tablets yes. and things around the house, and so I'm now working on Sonos, which is you know sort of yeah, Wi-Fi yeah. music. And Mrs. Smith now likes that because you can control that with the iPad. I bought mm. her previous years. Is it snowing uh, back at the estate, Blanford? I've had to struggle through the snow drifts to be here, so I hope everyone appreciates the sacrifice. Very nice. Picture a lovely country-fied scene, if you're thinking about Blanford, right? Yeah, in the snow. And, and, and the peasants that carried him through the snow. Well, actually, it was cross-country skiing. Oh, how, how cultured. Obviously. And, uh, and how, how, how about how about Castle McLeod? Shea McLeod. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no snow. No snow. That's all right. Mm. No. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, how about you? Did you unleash the hounds and get here by husky dog side? Well, actually, uh, 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 I, I, uh, many listeners will be surprised to know that we don't record these in real time. So at the moment at the moment I'm talking to you, I'm, I'm currently in, in this rural southwest island. Um, probably no snow, but absolutely off my tits on Guinness. So, uh, <laughs> so no can different we, to normal, then, really. Can we say that? Yes, we can. Yeah. Um, now, now, obviously, they've been unwrapped. Did you buy mobile stuff for anyone this year? Ooh. Gifts from... Yes, I bought a whole bunch of uh, wireless charging pads for various members of the family because it's getting re- rather irritating when you're at home and someone decides to use your wireless charging pad. And so to Ooh. prevent fights going on, there are now various ones scattered about the house. There was a bit of dispute over who got what colour, though, sadly. Ah, uh, wow. okay. Ewan? No, I, I am very sorry to say I haven't actually bought any mobile devices for anybody, uh, not even a tablet, actually. Well, and uh, last week, I think we talked about services, mm. and I really wanted to buy some Spotify subscriptions for people ah. as as gifts this yep. year, and I didn't. And although in the UK you can buy vouchers, it was um, it was just a straight monetary voucher. You buy a, a, a certain tenor, number, a tenner or something, or you know, a hundred quid or whatever, yeah. for, for, and then you can apply that to your Sonos account. And uh, sorry, not Sonos, um, Spotify, Spotify yeah. account. And and I, it just struck me that actually that's 
that's great for a top up if you if you want to manage your account through vouchers. Yeah. But it wasn't a very elegant way. I was thinking. Did you so, want to say like ninety nine quid for the year? As well, well like? I wanted to say one year subscription. I want yeah. to buy you something. To whom? We, to whom well, to, to yeah, to whoever I was giving oh, the, the present to. But I, I wanted to put them to understand they were going to get a year's worth of service mm. rather than I'm giving you uh, fifty pounds towards something that costs ten pounds a year. Uh, sorry, ten pounds a month or yeah, something yeah. like that. I had a similar problem. I mean, one of the things I always like to do at Christmas is giving people books or receiving books. And part of the pleasure is being able to inscribe them. But now a lot of people I know have got Kindles and so they want to be given the digital version. That's they get fine. so cross when you write on their Kindle, don't they? But they do get cross <laughs> when you write on Kindle. But what's worse, you can't actually buy someone a Kindle, but you can't gift a digital book on Amazon yet. So this is a real failing of Amazon mm-hmm. in my view because you know there's several books that oh I know someone who would really love to read it and that kind of impulse by uh, the several occasions like, oh, I can't do that it's too much hassle and yeah you can give them a, a gift out but it's just not the same that. yeah so it's really am I silly. I mean it's the same as being able to lend a family member a book that mm. you 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 read and always used to be it went around the family and friends you know if it was a good book you can't do that with the digital titles at the moment there are Amazon's trying to experiment with some things but nothing in the UK and that's a definite frustration for someone who really likes the Kindle and reads an awful lot on it Things what are you reading now, by the way? Uh, I'm reading a book called The Lovely Bones by Alice Siebold. There we go. Lovely. I'm not reading a book. Uh, Terry Pratchett's got his latest one out. I'm reading that. Well, I'm listening to it on Audible. Oh, there we go. So, uh, this kind of a uh, demob happy this week. Yes. We're all a bit relaxed. Mm. Um, I've got, got the wine flowing. Well, Rafe's, Rafe's got a, a juice, and Ewan and I have. Uh, Christmas wine, fine red wine, fine red wine, and the crackling fire in the three six one studio. Should, we should probably put that out because we're not allowed to have fires in here. <laughs> um, it's a bad sign. Um, so no things of the week this week because no. everything is a thing of the week this yes. year. It's a thing of the year episode. Mm. There's uh, it, we couldn't we couldn't let uh, a holiday season go past without tirelessly dragging out the old cliche of a look back and a look forwards. It's, it's whatever not way you look, you can't, you can't get on Sky News without them going. Oh, and this this year. You know, everyone's at home, nothing's going on, therefore, uh, here, here's our retrospective. There we go. So, yes, in the, in the absence of actual news, let's do our own retrospective. And for, let's start off by looking back. You and McLeod? Right, okay. So, my, my official winner of the year, right, the thing that has really changed my life this year. Are you ready? Go ahead. It is the Huawei EE MiFi unit. Is that with the 4G data? This is the 4G one, launched when EE launched. When was that now? You remember? Was it spring? Yes. Spring, yeah. Um, changed my life. I think it was spring. Yes, it was spring. Uh, changed my life. It's really, really efficient, very fast. Uh, it does last almost a day still, the battery, uh, when I'm using it. It ought to. You could choke a donkey with that. It's as thick as... <laughs> Yes, it's a professional. It's a big, big one. This is the <laughs> E589. Professional meeting. There, there are other ones. They've launched other ones now, yeah. right? But um, I have to say, EE, you have done a phenomenal job. Now, um, this one, I have to point out, I am long-term testing. Thank you, Howard, at EE. Uh, but the iPad in there is one I pay for. Right. So I've got, I've got two, two. And so the, the MiFi unit, very, very useful. Um, and that, that has just... I've had my fives for ages, right? But this one, because it was so fast, so reliable, and the battery, yes, it is big. It is big. It is chunky, but you get a full day out of it. That has made things a lot smarter and easier for me. And before someone corrects us, EE was, in fact, launched uh, last autumn. Ah. 
So it's, yeah, but when did it, I get it's this difficult though? to believe that it's been a year and they had that head start all over the other UK networks. That's, that's where now right, now they're it? just launching and, you know, three, I think, went live um, as we record this a, a few weeks ago, about a month ago, as you're listening to this. And they've actually done it really smartly, in my opinion. They're not charging you a premium for it. They just send you an update for your SIM card and it will enable... Uh, 4G data and yeah. it's terrific. And well, and I've received that update, but not managed to find any 4G coverage yet. And I know that they are limiting Keep it by customer and and, and that, that sort of thing. But, but 2013 was definitely the year of 4G in the UK, about a year behind USA Two, and, years, and yeah. well, some other markets as well. It certainly, um, it certainly divided opinion, hasn't it? In terms of early on, there was there was a really high cost, and certainly, um, I yes, I thinking back autumn. My goodness, it seems like a long time ago. But actually, it started to reach enough markets for, for normal users to care about it yeah. through, the, through the summer period. So I, I got mine December 11th, 2012. Yeah. Oh, there you go. And what's really surprising about this is I think we it's were all a, a little sceptical about the benefits of 4G. I wasn't, thank on. you very much. You Apart guys, you, you idiots sitting here, and both, I said of you, that, um, both of you, eat your flipping words. No both more, of you. No more Christmas wine for you. <laughs> we, we said eat that the, uh, kind of the, the, the good thing Accept is... Accept it. The ping time is going down, so less lag time. And I have noticed that when using 4G. And it's now got to the point where I'd say, I'd like to use 4G, but I'm still not particularly willing to pay a premium for it. But that's a lot to do with most of the time I'm not in a, a 4G data area. So I'm very much looking We're forward in a data to the, area. kind of the regular requirement area. to be fulfilled for kind of 4G data over 98% of the population. And coverage is still an issue because I haven't upgraded for the same reason, which is... I'll take 4G when it comes, but I spend so much of my life uh, at home where I have relatively poor coverage or in excellent Wi-Fi coverage area now because our, our office has very high-speed internet over Wi-Fi. The, the benefit is, is appreciable but not enough to make me rush out and change providers or make me want to buy a different service. And actually, what was telling for me was during the year when other factors changed, like roaming, roaming change, it became a competitive thing, I still prioritised those other features access to devices, even the even the behaviour of the networks themselves, how I felt about them as suppliers over access to, to 4G. So, Rafe Blanford, uh, looking back, mm. what would be your highlight of, or indeed perhaps <coughs> low light, <coughs> bad, bad <laughs> yeah, year, I mean, of, uh, I, I don't think I can avoid no talking about of... the big news that you know, Microsoft proposed as it still is acquisition of Nokia, but I think we'll leave that one to one side because we've talked about it um, quite a bit. But in terms of my personal mobile device usage, the thing that um, really changed for me was actually getting the Kindle Wiperight, which was a Christmas present a year ago. Mm. And essentially what this does, it meant you could use an e-ink based reading device in the dark because it's got a backlight on it. Right. And it seems like the tiniest thing, but it actually changed the way You've I use the Kindle. Desk, I, I've there? got it, and it goes most places with me just because the reading experience on this is so much better than trying to use it on a phone or a tablet. It's easier on the eyes, you know, because the, the thing does light up. You don't have to worry about adjusting your position to avoid screen reflection or get good light. And if you're in a hotel, which often you get notoriously bad lighting, you can still read it on planes. And it just made the whole thing a better experience for me. And it was kind of a, a salutary reminder that sometimes just one small specification yeah. change can actually make a really big difference to the way you use a device. Nice, like that, like that. Oh, now. Come on then, Smith. Well, I, I, think, I think this year was the year that I gave up on BlackBerry. <sighs> They're not dead by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, and 
we don't know what next year will hold, and we can talk about them in a moment. But I think this was the year where, as as Mr. Enterprise in in the team, at least, and and certainly as someone who who cares about enterprise services because that's where I live and that's where I work. First of all, I I, I engaged with the BlackBerry Ten ecosystem and lived to regret it, and it cost me a lot of money in a device that is now worthless and un, and unusable. So you know, neither neither retail bookmark too. Well, indeed, neither. I'd still got the original playbook as well. Neither, neither resellable nor of any particular value to me as a device. But more importantly, I work for a company that makes software and services for various markets and markets that would have used to embrace BlackBerry. And I haven't written a single line of code to run on a BlackBerry for the entire year. And that, for me, is a measure of where the market is going. And it's a bit sad, but actually, I also think it's healthy that. Something you know, that things have stagnated for a long time now, and I think we've we've seen that the, the decision has been made. BlackBerry for me won't won't survive into next year in its current form, but that it might leave it might open up a gap in the market for something more more exciting or more innovative to replace it. Does that then prompt us for a follow up question? Looking ahead, what is going to be the kind of company or group of companies that benefits from this gap in the enterprise space? You know, what's going to replace BlackBerry? Well, I can go first if, if you were. So my, my take is that actually BlackBerry won't be replaced in the sense that many people think it will be, which is there won't be a new man- ecosystem hardware manufacturer that makes you know QWERTY devices that all the businesses have. But I think what's going to happen is that the various bits of BlackBerry will get replaced by different people. So you'll buy Android devices with Knox on or iPhone devices uh, and use the you know, device security that's on those. Or enterprises will buy Windows Phone devices. And actually, my business is buying quite a lot of Windows Phone devices for our mid-tier users. And that what would be really interesting, though, will be that where BlackBerry excelled at the security, at the remote, devi- uh, remote device management, the policy, mobile device management, can be replaced at the software level. Uh, and and those those products will be potentially multi-platform, but also could could be decisions made independently of the hardware and all of a sudden we'll start to see the things that blackberry used to roll up with hardware just be uh, features of other ecosystems or things you buy i mean we talked for year well talked years ago about goods technology mm-hmm. as as a as a way to segregate you know enterprise data yeah well perhaps now that approach of security as a, as a software layer has has come i think on the device side i do think there is an opportunity here for what will be Microsoft, uh, because they have the range of devices from the price point. I just don't feel secure yet. That's the problem. It's a feeling so, thing. Uh, and I think that sort of thing is going to be addressed in a, a big way in terms By of... By BlackBerry, ta- in the, maybe. In the way they talk about it. There's an update for Windows Phone coming out. But it's more important, it's the price range from sort of £80 right up, upwards. And it will fit into a, a wider Microsoft. And it's a pretty easy sell to, you know... To the board, because yeah. you can say there's no software you have to put in between the BlackBerry text it sometimes gets mm-hmm. called. I think others will come in, and I think Samsung Knox is definitely one to watch. But I just think for the simplicity point of view, um, I was talking to Nokia's head of sales in the UK, and basically he was saying we're, we're targeting 20% market share in the business-to-business space by the early part of 2014, and we expect that to rise later in the year. That's ahead of their consumer um, Numbers. So, in other words, they expect to sell more Lumias in terms of percentage share of market 
into the business to business than they do on consumer. Okay, so we've talked about well, that was a, that was a sad story made happy, possibly. I don't know, maybe. <laughs> Let, let's let's look forward then. Um, something exciting that's going to happen in 2014. Let's let's cast our eyes into 2014, and and what can you see? And because I'm enjoying a sea of blank faces round, well, no, no, we're thinking, we're thinking, right? Oh, see, have... that's your thinking face, is it? I thought that's I your staring that, at the that, Yeah, that, that's your. I've either fallen asleep, I'm hungry, or I'm constipated face. I can't tell. Yeah, um, right. Okay. Fun, <laughs> Boom. Uh, Why don't you tell us, well, uh, Mr. Smith, what, I, what is cooking with you? I'm a bit excited, right. just a tiny bit excited. This much. He okay. says, um, I'm excited about low-power Bluetooth location. Now, I know that's all eye beacons and things, mm-hmm. but I think it will give a prompt for people to start to say, I'm interested in that. Shopkeepers, marketers, retailers, businesses, all those sorts of things. Just beginning to see, because so often with mobile, as, as somebody who helps businesses with mobile, the challenge is getting people to envisage it being part of their everyday life, about moving from sitting at a desk to using a mobile device or capturing things live rather than doing them offline or something like that. And I'm beginning to have conversations with customers about, hang on a minute, when when you, when you somebody comes into our premises, the, our mobile app could change its function and do something different. Or, if the user's got Bluetooth switched on. But the, I think the, but my Isn't po- that the failure but, point? But, but my point is, though, that actually... Low power Bluetooth is only one of the ways to do that location based sensing. And what it will do is it will inspire people to say, well, actually, can I do that for my old BlackBerry device? Can I do that for my Windows phone? And so not only will low power Bluetooth you know, and iBeacons and this sort of thing become, a, become a, a thing, but actually there'll be a lot of innovation around, well, how can you make it backwardsly compatible? Mm. You know, and you'll be sensing networks, you'll be using GPS, you'll be using network triangulation, you'll be using all kinds of clever things. But this year, I think location and location context could really begin to be useful to consumers. It's existed in the past, but it hasn't always been useful. Yeah, and it's not just iBeacon, because Qualcomm have their own version of it, which is a bit more generic. I think Apple will be the lead on this, but more generically, Bluetooth low energy will be a bigger thing in 2014. It's just started to come in in the past year for kind of wearable devices, smartwatches and the activity trackers. But I do expect that to be kind of the first wave and more to the point, it will actually start to go into the the mass market. Mm. And this idea that you have multiple devices on your person that are connected to your phone or your tablet doing things. And that's quite interesting because we've had a big trend for convergence in smartphones generally, you know, absorbing multiple other devices. This is kind of a reversal that when we it it separates out into multiple devices. Don't get me wrong, convergence is still going on and we're actually seeing the latest chipsets actually have special motion chips like the Apple motion chip and Qualcomm have it in the Snapdragon 800 that take things like the accelerometer and leave it always on so it can be your step counter, be your kind of the poor man's version of the Fitbit. So that will will happen but the best solutions are going to be having standalone and be it that smart watches or smart shoes or whatever it happens to be i think a lot more of that in 2014 will enter the public consciousness let me just interrupt because normally i would wait to the end of the podcast to do letters of the week oh and i would stop and i would say hey guys it's letters of the week and then i would read out the letter Wait, of the and week. we have to go Letters. 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 It's Letters of the Week. Um, and it's not on board with that, is it? No, no, I'm not really just signed up for the singing part, to be honest. Anyway, what I'm going to do, though, is because Rafe has mentioned wearables, I'm going to say hello to Steve Barker, who uh, what, ages back, 
pretty, pretty much almost when season six started, sent us an email. I've been sitting on and we wanted to talk about it for ages. And he, he asked loads of questions, but one of the ones that really interested me was this. He says, wearable tech is fugly. I'm not going to explain what that word means. We you know. Work it out. We know. Yeah. Is there space for a fashion luxury manufacturer outside the mobile market to incorporate smart features on a product we'd actually want to be seen wearing? And I thought, that's a jolly good question. We'll raise it now since Rafe has, has, has been talking about it. And congratulations, Steve, because thanks to Phones for You, who are sponsoring this podcast... Thank you very much, guys. Thank you. Um, we were going to be giving you £50 worth of mobile accessories, and we'll be in touch soon. So thanks very much. And Ewan, right. why don't you pick it up? Uh, yes, I think he's got a point there. I mean, I'm not a fashion chappy at all. You do surprise me with your Tetris cufflinks. I can see <laughs> across this side of the table. Um, these, are, these are wife approved, doesn't I said, shall I buy it? Yes. Yeah. That's it. I, I, I'm, I think it's dangerous. I think Tetris cufflinks are the new comedy tie. In the office. That really? Could be, oh, I, I think it could be dangerous. Yeah. Well, I've, I've got ones with a smiley face on them. I've got ones with at signs. Okay. Well, let, let, let's right, just, anyway, let's so, just yeah, say I that think you're maybe not, answer the question. You're not a fashion icon, but... No, but uh, I tell you, I would really like to see this kind of stuff integrated into um, an item that I buy, I don't know, let's just uh, mainstream, uh, Marks and Spencers, for example. Would it be rather cool mm. to walk into M&S and buy a jacket or a jumper or something, and that's got... Uh, some kind of charging facility built in that would be really cool I'd, I'd like to see this stuff done nicely but I have to say I'm not one that goes out and buys fashion so I feel slightly unqualified to... well, I, I think we can both appreciate that we're lucky to hear, have the internationally renowned uh, you know, th- three, ta- three time award winning fashion icon that is Rafe Blanford uh, with us mm. now, now Rafe what, are you, what will you be wearing in 2014 and show us your blue streak well, I've got a Pebble smartwatch, and I really like it, the idea of it, but it's not the uh, prettiest thing in the world. But it does feel to me that for all these wearable devices, we're in the early part of the product life cycle where it's kind of about exploring what they can do. Do you think there's going to be, just to get back to Steve's point slightly? and uh, Which uh, I was getting to. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I do think they're going to get more attractive, and I think we've seen Fitbit yeah. go through some pretty ugly devices, and they've come up with a Fitbit Flex, which is getting there, but it's yeah. a jawbone up as well. There's a slightly more interesting piece of wearable. It almost becomes a piece of jewellery, and the Misfit Shine, I think it is, is another company that's trying to do that kind of thing, and they've even got various things you can attach it to around your neck, uh, kind of uh, a bracelet and other approaches. It feels like it's still really early days. And I, I have to say, I agree with you. And it's when it gets integrated into other stuff. And, you know, thinking about Nike's cooperation with Apple and doing the kind of Nike fitness stuff, that's worked well because it's been built into the trainers or it's been interesting. And the Nike Fuel Band, same thing. Will, yeah, a pair of trousers that will charge your phone or something. I think, but, it's, I think it's too far away. It's not a 2014 no. thing. And I think the, the other thing is that we might learn something from from phones, which is that as they've become fashion items, it has been the technology brands that have adopted the characteristics of fashion labels. Rather than the other way around. Rather than the other way around. Mm. So I don't think we're going to go out and buy, I don't know, I'm trying to think of something, but I don't think you're Prada gonna, something. You're not going to go out and buy a Prada technology or Gucci, whatever's. I think what they no, will... Because they don't understand the stuff well, still. But also they, 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 don't see the, they won't see the value in investing because they are pure fashion Labels. What about the, the Burberry lady moving to Apple? And I think that's the dire- that could be the direction of travel or co-branding in the look Nike at, Apple. Yeah, look at the mm. co-branding, Carl Zeiss and Nokia, which really appealed to the imaging people. I think the same thing could happen for, you know, 
watches, for example, some of the really renowned watchmakers could partner up with some of the bigger device manufacturers and produce something really attractive and kind of a desirable mm, item. Mm. Uh, I think it's still early days. I actually think 2014, people are talking about it being the year of wearables. I actually think it's still a bit early. I think it's still in the early adopter phase. I think, yeah. it, I think in terms of wearables, we'll see um, lots more smartwatches because they're the easy point of entry and they're, they're the one that have sort of had people's attention for a while. So I think we'll see more smartwatches. I think we'll see Samsung iterate quite quickly on its gear product. Mm. I'm not sure if I believe in it, but I have been listening to the voicemail uh, podcast by Stefan Constantinescu and James Watley, friends of the show. Happy Christmas, guys. Mm. And Stefan's had a, a gear in for review. I mean, I've still not had hands on one. And he's been saying that even the software improvements they've made have been leaps and bounds improvements over you know the initial version one, which was fairly mm-hmm. universally panned. So they're clearly going to iterate on it. As, as an aside, though, because I don't see wearables, coats, trousers, shoes. i tell you what I'd really like is I'd like a properly tech-enabled bag. So mm-hmm. I, I, I'm like most geeks, I kind of you know think maybe too much around gear bags. Charge your bag up, basically. I want the bag to charge. I want it As you're moving it, it should have an accelerometer thing that creates charge. I want it to enhance my mobile signal. I want it to capture data. I want it to solar rays. I want want it to um, make I want it to look after my devices. I want to warn me when it's lost. I want it to warn me if it gets damp inside Mm. and my electronics are going to be damaged. I mean I'm I'm making this stuff up now, but for me the gateway products are potentially where there's some overlap between tech and where I know know bags aren't wearables but it's getting that way lots of people have rucksacks and handbags and all those sorts of things is this stuff still not good enough I'm thinking about the premium watchmakers right I'm sure that they if they're not making phones already they'll be looking at this stuff but I wonder if they go you know what we can't sell a 20 grand watch right with bluetooth connectivity um, or, or something because this stuff it just isn't good enough yeah I, I think and it's the, moving too fast the product for, life yes, cycles don't yes. match up I, I, and also though I think the the um, I if I if I if I had ten thousand pounds to spend on a watch and let's be clear I don't but if I was buying a, a very expensive mm. high-end watch I would see the inclusion of digital or Bluetooth gizmos or whatever actually as a detractor you know if I was spending ten thousand pounds on a watch it would be purely for the design perhaps the brand, the artistry of creating that. You know, all the some of the watches that I really love have clear backs so you can see all the mechanical workings mm, and things. Mm. That that would be the, the the attraction for me. And that's why I think I might end up wearing a smartwatch, but as my everyday one, the what the watch that you you know you spend a few a few pounds on or a few yep. hundred pounds on, perhaps if you're feeling really flush and, and it's it's for everyday use and you don't mind if it gets damaged or if it only lasts a few years because it's it's not you know a high fashion item mm-hmm. i think steve's hit um, one of the reasons i thought this was a really interesting question is steve hit the nail on the head which is fashion kind of amplifies all of the problems doesn't it because it's expensive you want to maintain it it's got to be uh stylish first mm-hmm. it's there's got to be a very low tolerance of it not being um just right you know yes. even if it could be horribly uncomfortable to wear but it's got to you know make yeah. you appear you know just so so I think that'd be interesting, and particularly next year, I don't see that one taking off. But I, I, I say I, I think there is space for things more than just smartwatches. That would be I, I really think interesting. If, I think if you're going to talk about connected devices in this fashion, actually the one to watch out for is connected cars, because that's overdue to arrive. And there's just a few initiatives on the horizon with Apple doing mm. their in-car stuff. Um, 
Android starting to talk about kind of cards Switch Revolver on and off now from you. Yep. Yeah, and there's lots of apps around. So I wonder if that will become into the public consciousness a bit more because it hasn't really been there yet. Yeah. And it's, you know, there's moving away from there. having the We've brains... we to wait for quite a while. Yeah. It's moving away from the brains being in the car itself and maybe more of the brains being in the phone that you happen to take in the car with you. So one to watch. And certainly new cars will just introduce this by default. You won't buy a new car because you want all the connected features. It's You, you buy the vehicle because you want the vehicle. But a bit like sat-nav, as it became standard or, or you know, I don't know, um, even, even well, GPS or even, I was thinking, just like touch screens in cars mm-hmm. and things often, you know, they just, uh, uh, through the upgrade cycle, they appear to be yeah, really CD players, DAB radios, they just arrived. The precisely. same thing will happen. And, and I wondered, actually, what about from vehicles where you might be given that tech whether you want it or not. What about connected or automated homes? Because that's where there's an increasing number of accessories that you could buy now to mm. automate or enhance your home, everything from, from Wi-Fi, on. Wi-Fi yeah. connected light bulbs and lights. Sockets. We talked, talked about Sonos, mm. you know, to almost to death. Uh, you know, all this kind of stuff. Do you think that that could be – because those are the products that people are going to need to go out and buy – to add to their homes, mm. you know, the, the, these these are not these the, the systems that are built into the fabric of the building are, are still quite different. I mean, you're you're spot on because just as we're having the EU regulations come in for I just sim cars, to take, a, take a moment. To, could you just say again? For you were spot on, Ben, because in the same way that we've got EU regulations, you have to have a sim card or a connected car experience if you're selling a car in the EU, and I think that comes in sometime in 2014. The expectation is similar regulations are going to come in for building new homes with regard to things like electricity meters and other metering things in the home. And I I wouldn't be at all surprised if 2014 sees this kind of compulsory smart home being part of the regulatory framework. It's certainly in Western Europe. So you could get it from both angles, which is new properties would have smartness built into them, which would then, by definition, connect to mobile devices whether it's connected to mobile devices at at this stage i mean yeah i think it's early for that but certainly they'll be connected in the sense that machine to machine 2014 is in two days gents Uh, yeah i mean we talk a lot about this i mean there's a big trend we haven't talked about platforms i think that's almost another podcast in itself but there is this sense that 2014 and beyond is a bit more we're going to have to widen the scope of things we talk about again on the 361 podcast which is rather fortunate you have a cloud I've got, can I take it in a slightly different direction here? I have a prediction or a thing that I think uh, we should be considering for this year. And I've almost been about to go, no, um, at you guys, because I thought you were about to mention it. In fact, I thought Steve's question was going to be on it. I thought Blanford was going to mention it twice. I thought you were going to mention it twice or three times. And that's Google Glass. Surely, surely, surely. And don't call me surely. This, we, we are. <laughs> yellow card. You don't get to do that joke on the podcast. It's a yellow card. Oh, airplane. We are uh, we are coming into the year of Google Glass. Yay or nay? I think we might be coming into the year where we talk about Google Glass lots. I mean, not that we haven't already, but I don't. Si- I, I, I haven't met a normal, well, a, a, a geek who's arrived at an event wearing one yet. I, I don't think I've been to places where there'd be people with them, but not at a, a standard event. Uh, to answer your question directly, no. I think this is the year that Google Glass will stop being Google Glass and will start to be consumerized. And one of the ways that that will happen will be it not being a silly lump that you stick on your head quite so much. So some of the things that they've learned about the product, uh, because the thing is I don't think these changes will actually get delivered this year. Mm -hmm. This is the year when Google will be looking at people's reactions to it. Evaluating it. Over the technology. And I can see... 
elements of it arriving into vehicles as heads-up displays or, or arriving into, you know, sort of some degree of wearables. But I do not think this is the year that we'll all be rushing down to Carphone Warehouse to buy our Google Glass Mark II, you know, if it comes out sometime. Well, let's say summertime, September time. I could, I could imagine as all going, yeah, I think it's time to buy one. I, I, I mean, I've been hovering over the button to buy when, uh, when they were purchasable. You know. I, I don't think we qualify as normal consumers in that sense. Agreed. And I think there's not that much universal awareness of Google Glass now. People kind of have heard about it a little bit. That will grow. And I do think there is going to be a serious expression of um, you know, people in, as a whole, sort of society, not liking this idea of not really understanding that it's not always on, you're not always being recorded, and sort of tying in with the idea of surveillance and all of that. So I, I think actually it's, you're right, the ideas are going to go elsewhere. I think heads-up displays in cars, I think you know, augmented reality type stuff that it's sort of built around, and quite possibly the idea of secondary displays on your person are interesting, but I think it's too early. Not next year. Okay. Not next year. And it's and and, I, and although Rafe says we're not normal people, I still am very reticent. I, I can move, I can see myself moving to a point where I would buy one for experimentation purchases. I've held off. That experiment would involve not talking to me whilst wearing it. Otherwise, I would mock. Okay, Glass. A great Google deal. Ben Smith. Exactly. No, no, the other one. Yeah. How many fingers is Ben holding up? Exactly. <laughs> okay. Um. A, we, we we're running out of time. because uh, yep. of our relaxed pace. So, any quick last thoughts about things you're looking forward to personally? Something you want, something you want to do, something you're looking forward to next year. Yeah, you I, I, I'm looking forward to the the next generation technology. I'm hoping we can get a little bit of a a surprise this coming year, right? Rather than the net, the iPhone six. I mean, come on, is there nothing better than the Samsung Galaxy S twelve? I mean, please. So the S. Five is what is it January? They're going to, they're going to announce it. It's, it's coming shortly. Oh dear! I'm I'm looking for something that will just kind of, kind of change the paradigm slightly. I wonder if that's going to be achievable this year. I think maybe we we just have to. Is this a boring year for mobile? Do you think? Is anything new going to occur that at this stage? It'd be really interesting to get to September. And go wow! But I I wonder have we passed this or is can anyone come along and uh, truly change things at the moment? I think 2014, and the reason I'm excited is the year that mobile first gets normalised. So, right, yes. So yes. this will be the year when it's not just one retailer that, that lets you pay for your coffee mm. with, with your mobile it's app. A standard thing. Every retailer does yeah. it. It's not just one airline that sends you a push message to tell you what gate your flight is in for. It's the default. It's normal. It's not just um, the biggest transport providers that have apps that do timetabling. Every transport provider does. Mm, yeah. um, and it's not just the, the sales team who go out on the road who get smartphones. It's everybody in the business. Uh, so that'll and, be interesting, and, yes. And, and you begin to communicate via you know, sort of chat or, or yeah, instant messages. Companies start like to that. deploy and upgrade to allow this kind of stuff yeah. to happen. And, and I don't mean that all of those things will happen to all businesses and all segments, but it will be the time where it's just hit enough awareness and acceptance that it's not unusual anymore. And I think that 2013 was the year of, of some, some new ideas for, for retailers and for businesses and things, and those will now get normalised. Not exciting in the, oh, it's new sense, but exciting in the, at the end of next year, we'll be reaching for our phones by default 
rather than as exceptionally for you know specific special yeah. cases. Okay. I, I wanted to emphasize that and saying yes, it's more the mobile things we talk about becoming you know the paramount or the default experience. And I think the best way of describing that is that 2014 is actually going to be the first year that we have the full calendar year with more smartphones being sold than feature phones because we reached that point last year but it's probably going to get to the 60% level mm. in 2014. If I'm going to pick out one personal highlight, though, I'm expecting to see some interesting things happening in the mapping space, and this is really going to be a story in, in of... The mapping space, did you get that? Of uh, Google. Oh, map, good man. Google versus Nokia, and it won't be the traditional Nokia. It'll be Nokia, one of its kind of three remaining bits, which is the here mapping business, and they're going to be doing some really interesting stuff with the data they've been collecting, which is basically a 3D representation of the world and Google sort of doing something similar. And it's the next generation of the Street View stuff, and there will be a whole raft of new experience enabled by that, including the heads-up displays in cars, including 3D recreations of cities. So the map will very much go from being a 2D to a, a 3D experience. Mm. And I think that's going to be a, something of a surprise to some people, so one to watch out for. That'll be the second half of this year. And I have one final one to finish us off, because we're running out of time. Yep. I'm very much looking forward to episodes 9 and 10 of the 361 podcast, Woo-hoo. season six, and season seven. Now, season seven, that's the one where we go on the road, right? Well, we, we've been talking about all kinds of exciting plans. I don't think we're ready to announce anything, but we are definitely looking at ways to make the 361 podcast even more exciting, even more, even more podcasty. We're seriously each getting a Range Rover branded up in 361 colours. Well, r- obviously, R- Rafe's going to have to get the tricycle, but you, you, and I, uh, you and I are getting the fast cars. Lamford, do you drive? or I do drive, yes. Right, right, okay. We'll, we'll, we'll get you. We'll get the training wheels taken off for you. Then it's fine. Thank you, Ben. It's it's well, the, the thought that you put into your end part of the podcast never fails to amaze me. <laughs> really, in really, a good way. Really, fi- <laughs> really fails to inspire or amaze people. Season <laughs> seven—that's going to be exciting, and it is. And uh, we 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 will be coming back. We've got episodes nine and ten carrying on every week. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, as, as as we have and then we'll have a, a small break and then we'll, we'll be back for season seven so still lots to talk about in uh, in early 2014 as ever thanks very much for listening hope you've enjoyed it hope you've had a lovely Christmas break if you got one and hope you enjoy a new and a fantastic new year yeah, happy if you new do. year everybody happy new year we're very much looking forward to 2014 thank you to all our listeners for support kind words enthusiasm all of the excellent Feedback. iTunes reviews that you are no doubt going to leave immediately after listening to this podcast and to the excellent people who've already done them because if nothing else they brighten my day on a regular basis and um, like I say the, the 361 podcast wouldn't be here without our sponsors as well this season who've been absolutely excellent so thank you to both of them uh, phones for you and o2 yes. phones for you who are sponsoring this podcast and uh, we'll be back next year see you soon bye-bye if you've enjoyed this podcast you can comment subscribe and catch up with previous episodes at 361podcast.com If you're an iTunes user, we'd be jolly grateful for a five-star review. There's a link and pictures of how to rate the show at 361podcast.com slash rate. Each review makes it lots easier for new listeners to find us. 